Today is one of those moments I've been looking forward to since we started doing podcasts about Title IX here at Merida College. Today joining me, we have what we're going to call Merida College royalty. Uh, you may ask, what do you mean by royalty? Well, that royalty is Kathy Clark Borch, class of 1990, and her daughter Brooke Borch, class of 2018. We're happy to have them here today. Anyone who knows anything about Merida College women's athletics understands why I use the term royalty when I talk about these two. First, there's Kathy, who is still the all-time leading scorer in Ohio Athletic Conference history with 2,311 points. And she is the first female athlete in school history to be named, the f be named first team All-American. Then we have Brooke, Kathy's oldest daughter, who was an All-OAC performer and a key part of the Pioneers' first OAC tournament championship squad in 2018, and also a member of the Thousand Point Club here at Marietta College. So it's easy to see how this family has made a major impact on women's athletics. Before I welcome my guests, let me introduce myself. I'm Tom Perry, the Vice President for Communication and Brand Management at Merida College, and I'm pleased to be the host of this series of podcasts that gives us a chance to reflect on the impact of Title IX at Marietta College. Now, let's welcome our guests. Kathy and Brooke, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us. We appreciate it. Sure. Well, let's get right into it. Um, Kathy, we, we're going to start with you. When you think back on your career and your time as a pioneer, is there just a moment that stands out when you think about all the things that you were able to do? Probably one of the biggest moments that stands out would obviously be when I did score two thousand, my 2,000th point um, for me. Just, you know, personally, that was obviously a huge accomplishment to be um, the first one at Merida College to do that and um, to be able to share it with my teammates because, again, without the people around me that wouldn't have been possible and to see how excited they were you know f for me made me even more excited that it was more of a of a team thing than just individual and then probably the other thing that would stand out vividly in my mind is my last college game that I played that you know that was hard <laughs> knowing that you know after that, I, I was done being able to really play competitive at that level. So, Brooke, it's a similar question for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to change it up that much. I mean, it's a different time, obviously, yeah. but, uh, but when you think back on, on uh, I mean, again, your career was different, mm -hmm. um, but as I always like to hold over your mom, you were part of an OAC championship. Yeah. Uh, when you, I mean, I got to imagine that's pretty high up there. Yeah, that's definitely at the top of my career, um, being able to be – the first women's basketball team to do that was pretty special and special to have her alongside watching. Um, I think she was just as excited or more excited as I was. But um, that's at the top of my list, and being able to score my 1,000th point was pretty special. That was something I didn't do in high school, actually. Um, and then Amisha, she got to score her 1,000th point in the same season as I did and we were pretty close and played really well together so I think those three moments were pretty special. Well, I'm going to jump ahead here because you mentioned it and that is I mean it's the relationship you two have but that season I'm not saying it brought you closer but it just mm -hmm. seemed like there was something about that season she was at every game mm -hmm. she was your biggest cheerleader she was the team's biggest cheerleader can you just talk oh, yeah. about again and 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 it's somewhat I, I've I've known your mother for many years and, and and I'm somewhat joking when I talk about the royalty but it, there is some truth to that yeah um and and the impact that she had but for her to be that excited about that team with everything she did can you talk about that and just that encouragement that she gave to you and the team oh yeah um well like you said she was at every game 
uh, that season and pretty much my whole basketball career. I mean, unless there was something that came up that stopped her from coming, she was at everything. Home games, she always made sure she was on the front row. Um, <laughs> that was, like, a big deal. And she was just always cheering for not only me but the whole team because I think that she knew – especially my junior year when we started to kind of make our punch through the conference. I think she knew what we were capable of. So she was excited that that was an opportunity up for grabs. And um, I just think she was really encouraging towards me, but my teammates as well. She, she did a big, a big help with encouragement. <laughs> so Kathy, it's similar for you. I mean, obviously you got, I don't want to say caught up in the moment, but you just, you were enjoying it. But you also got, to, as you have talked about before, your teammates, you were bringing them along too and saying, you guys really need to see this team. You, you, you got them behind them as well. Can you talk about the role you played, obviously with your daughter, but then getting your old teammates excited about it? Yes, sure, sure can. So uh, like Brooke said, you know, probably her junior year came the realization that this was a special group and um, they had talent at every single position and uh you know that's that's pretty special when you can have that many players um you know and put certain people in certain positions but yet they can play other positions as well makes them very difficult to guard and I can remember you know getting a hold of um, some of the women who I played with through social media saying hey you know look um, they're going up to Ohio Northern to to play the best team in the conference by far. I mean, they were. They were just outstanding that year. And um, <laughs> I think we had been up to Ohio Northern maybe a week before that yeah. and got drilled mm-hmm. by like 30 or 40 points. I mean, it was <laughs> it was ugly. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know, they really need some lifting up, you know, mm-hmm. because – Yes, Ohio Northern is good, but Marietta, you're good too, you know. And so uh, it was the night before they played, and they had a team dinner in the conference room, and I had asked Coach Vivian if I could speak with the team just a little bit before. Kind of gave them a pep talk, you know, like, hey, do you realize that, that you are good, and do you realize that they don't respect you? Like, a high northern thinks they're going to just walk all over you. So, like, that right there should fire you up. You know what I mean? And in the meantime, I'm getting all fired yeah. up, you know, talking about it. Yeah. And then some of the girls who I had played with messaged me, and I read those messages to mm-hmm. the team, you know, to let them know that, you know, even though – some of them aren't in the stands, they're still watching or they watch on the computer or they'll get a hold of me to see how it's going. Um, mm-hmm. Kim Brown, yeah. I mean, I still call her Kim Brown. <laughs> you know, she came a lot that year and Brooke's senior year because we played together. So there was a connection there. They drove to a high Northern Brooke's senior year that they won it. You know, so yeah, it was um, it was pretty special to know that there were alumni who were, you know, really backing them. And I think, like Brooke said, it's so special to be the first at something. Yeah. Because I feel like that kind of sets the standard, you know. And like I've told her, if there are other championships that come, that is awesome. 
but you will always be on the first, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and um, that's something that, you know, can never be taken away from that, that group of women. And they should feel very proud of that because they've kind of set the bar yeah. for other teams. Well, that kind of leads me into the next question a little bit. And that's Brooke, you know, you, um, I think I remember from talking to you after that season that, mm-hmm. you know, you necessarily weren't coming to Marietta right away, you no. know, considered <laughs> other, another place, but then you yeah. sort of just changed your mind. Yep. Was, Again, we talk about that history and being a first, but your mom being, again, just at the top of the list. Yeah. I mean, did that ever play into your mindset of like, ooh, do I want to follow in those footsteps? Or were you proud to follow in those footsteps? I think that when I was younger, like elementary, young, um, you know, I always thought like, oh, mom, like I need to be like mom. I want to do what mom does because you always look up to your mother and you hear all these great things about how good she was. So at that age, I think I was like, oh, I want to go play at Marietta College. Like that's, you know, what I want to do. But then, uh, you know, obviously when I got older and had some like scholarship opportunities and stuff come my way, that kind of changed perspective a little bit. And then I realized I can't, you know, I can't be away from my family. I can't be away from my biggest supporters. Um, That would have been really tough. So I made the switch to come back. And there's always been talk of, like, oh, are you going to be as good as your mom? Like, are you going to do as good as your mom did? And um, I don't know. That was always kind of difficult to deal with, especially being at the same school that she was where everybody knew who you were um, before you even came in. So that was difficult, but I think I did a pretty good job of, like, just being who I was and just being the player that I was. Because, I mean, she'll tell you, I think that we're both two very different players um, alike mentally in the same aspects, but game-wise, like, athleticism-wise, I think we're, we're just very different and bring different things, so... I always had to keep that in the back of my mind, keep myself a little grounded. <laughs> well, let me add as an outsider, I think you did oh. <laughs> af- effectively and, af- and efficiently create your own legacy. Thank so there's you. nothing nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. Um, and I think your mom would have appreciated that three-point line as much as you had it as well. Oh, during, yeah. During no, career. that would have uh, made me look a little worse, too. <laughs> if she had that chance, that would have been a bigger scoring gap. <laughs> And again, I, I reversed the question to you. Did you ever have a concern about her coming here knowing that, you know, the legacy that you had built here during your time? Somewhat, <laughs> yes. And not not because of me personally. I mean, you know, I've told both my daughters, you know, as they have grown and um, wanted to continue playing basketball throughout their careers. Mm-hmm. You're not me. I'm not you. You know, you're your own player. You bring something different to the game than what I did. And I never, ever wanted them. And I would tell them that, too. Like, don't compare yourself to what I did. You know, you, you do your own thing. You, you be you and be successful at what you do. So, um, yeah, there was a – I mean, there was a little concern of that. More not from me, but from the angle of what other people yeah. – would say, to, oh, you know, you're going to be as good as your mom. Please don't say that. Please don't say that. You know, don't – she's not me, <laughs> you know, so. 
I'm going to give you an opportunity. Um, you know, as people who are listening who just may not know what you're doing, Kathy, can you just update us, like, what you're doing other than going through Spirit Week at your school? What What oh, is it that uh, – yes. can you just tell people what you're doing now for so, your career? Yes, I can. So I teach second grade, and I am at Beverly Center Elementary School. And I team teach with Morgan Lidke Baker, who Brooke played basketball yep. with in high school, as well as here at Marietta College. So kind of a neat connection in that respect as well. And Brooke and I coach a club basketball team in the spring. Um, yep. Brooke, I coached out at Warren Brooks' freshman year in college because I had thought she was going to be in Kentucky. <laughs> so I, ju- you know, I didn't want to back out of that commitment. And um, then since then, I just didn't coach like during the actual basketball season because I didn't want to miss my kids. I didn't want my set on that. But we coach together now. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. fun. Okay, Brooke, we have a before great you answer that question, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you, who's the more intense coach? Oh, probably her. She's kind <laughs> of like the head coach, I would say. I'm just kind of like the sidekick, you know, encourager of the team. But, no, I can get kind of intense, too. She I've, does. You know, I've kind of tried to put them in their place <laughs> a few times yeah. if, you know, they get big heads or whatever. But, no, she's probably more intense overall. Okay. And if you could just update us on what you're doing. Yeah, so um, here at Marietta, I majored in public accounting. And um, after I graduated... I had a job close to home, um, then I actually worked at People's Bank for a while, but currently I work from home for a manufacturing um, truck part company out of Stem, uh, out of Longview, Texas. They're called Stemco. But um, yeah, so I went down to Texas for a few days um, to meet my actual team in person, but I'm doing accounting for a Texas company. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for the updates. Mm-hmm. The next is... It is too, we're, this is all about Title IX. You know, we're reflecting on 50 years of Title IX and the impact it's had on women's athletics. And you know, that's, it really has two different eras. You know, that late 80s to early 90s is completely different than the mid thousand teens, you know, and what you know, was available and what you got, the opportunities and stuff like that. Have you ever had an opportunity to explain the driving in vans and all those things <laughs> that you know, were different? I mean, if you had to explain to the, the kids today and, and your daughters as well, how do you explain the not necessarily the benefits or the perks that they get today from the hard work you guys did but also as we've talked before you enjoyed that time fun yeah but can you it was fun (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not saying that the athletes now don't have fun but I think it's in a different way you know um I feel as though when I played there was a different kind of closeness that we had as opposed to what the athletes have now you know you say like driving in vans oh what you guys had to go in vans yeah it did kind of stink but yet it was fun you know what I'm saying it just it just was and we would all pretty much hang out together and I think I mentioned in the the last podcast you know the support we had from the the baseball team and coach Mm Shally at that time you know I feel like that was probably pretty huge you know, to have a male sport show such support to a female sport. And that was, that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Very, very different 
I had a very different experience, I think, with that as opposed to a little bit of what Brooke and her team did. Yeah, yeah Brooke, when you think about this is when I, when I talk about Title IX, those, those early days really were like, you know, again, the traveling in vans and maybe the uniforms weren't the best. And, you know, just because it was still maturing, we'll yeah. just say. Do you feel like you came along at a good time for the benefits that were created by all that hard work from the past? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel grateful for all of the women that came before me to kind of pave the way for women's sports. Um, I mean, obviously, the sport and just society as a whole when it comes to sports is ever-changing all the time. So, yeah, there's things that I'm super grateful for that I have now that they didn't have, but I'm also a little jealous of maybe new things to come, uh, you know, j but but really happy for how far women's sports have come as a whole. So I know I've sort of touched this subject before, and I know the answer probably already, but I want other people to hear it as well. So your mother is the all-time leading scorer in the OEC and at, yes. at the school and all that. Yep. Your daughter has that conference championship. Would you ever consider trading places if you could have the scoring record and she, you could have the, the conference championship? No. No. Never. Never. Because, like I've told Brooke, you know, um, seeing her excitement with her team and winning that and being the first to do it was... I mean, I, like, I can't even describe it. I was just so super excited for for all of them. I mean, obviously for her, being that she was my daughter. But, you know, I have a picture hanging on my refrigerator, and I we don't even know where it came from, I don't think. Somebody but, snapped it from the live feed so off the computer or whatever they were watching on. So after that game, we all went out, you know, on the floor and, of course, I'm trying to find, you know, Brooke, and we're hugging. Mm -hmm. And I have that picture on my refrigerator, you know. And that's just – things like that are are priceless, you know, because it's, it's who you get to share things with, you know, oh, yeah. that really um, make it worthwhile. So, no, I wouldn't want to trade places. I know your answer, Brooke. You're not trading <laughs> places, right? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not giving up my ring for anything. Uh <laughs> Yeah, 2000s is cool, but I think that we both, you know, achieved what we were supposed to achieve. So, I'm who good. found who first after that game? Oh, geez, I don't know. I think I, mean, I, I found. Yeah, I think I she think probably I found, found me because uh, I had just come out of the game. I think like within the last few seconds when we knew we were gonna win. So you know. The, the bench kind of flooded the court, so I was with my teammates. So, yeah, she probably came in search of me. <laughs> Clearly, uh, your teammates, Coach Vivian, everybody else, it's a very emotional moment. All those things mm -hmm. are happening. Mm -hmm. um, and you're getting experience that with your teammates. Um, but having your mom there and her teammates there and stuff like that and seeing how excited they were for you guys, how unique, cool was that? It was pretty neat. Um, I would say the fact that she had told us, like she said when she came to talk to the team before um, we had played Ohio Northern, that she had been in contact with so many alumni or previous people that she had played with, and a few of them were from, like, states away that were going to tune in to watch. It was like, you know, just because people aren't here at the game doesn't mean that we don't have their support. But I will say we had a – great turnout to that game for it being you know probably one of our furthest games we play in the conference that in Wilmington um 
we had a fantastic crowd, but it was just really nice to know that all of us women had uh, a lot of support behind us that day. All right, so I want to talk about your coaches. You yeah. each had distinct, you know, different types of coaches. So, Kathy, we'll start with you. And it's it, it's and, and we talk about legends. We talk about Debbie Lazoric too. She fits into that category. <laughs> but Debbie, um, Debbie was an advocate for Title IX, but not over the top. She was a supporter, but she did everything she could to to make her teams better. And I know you're still close with her to this day. Can you just talk about the importance of having a coach like that, but give us a little insight into Debbie Lazoric that maybe some people just don't know. I mean, was she as intense as you are as a coach or was she, she always seemed to be so much more cerebral about things. I don't, yeah, I mean, I think she was intense, but I think she went about it a very different way than um, a lot of the coaches like Dixie Jeffers from Capitol who was the coach when I played. So, you know, she, she was obviously there a long time. Uh, There was a, and I can't remember her name, but the the coach at Ohio Northern, she was extremely intense. Um, Donna Newberry at Muskingum was extremely intense. And, you know, Coach wasn't, Coach Zork wasn't like that. You know, I mean, obviously she wanted to win. Things were very serious. But, uh, you know, that's kind of like the other thing when you ask me, would you want to trade places with Brooke? No. Because I liked everything about the time that I was at Marietta and who I shared the time with. And I feel very blessed to have been able to do the things I did, but to do them with the people that I did them with. Um, Coach Zorik is very, very special to me. I learned so much from her that's not about basketball and you know basketball ends life doesn't basketball ends and I think that she instilled in us so much that we could take with us you know like look to affect those around you in positive ways She told us that all the time, that it almost became a joke, you know, yeah, sure, affect those around you in positive ways, coach, but, but it's true, you know, it's true, and I'm sorry, but I, I don't know if I should say this, you might have to edit me, um, I think nowadays, sometimes coaches get so caught up in the winning that that becomes the utmost important thing and building character and shaping young lives sometimes gets lost. So Brooke, same, I know you had the two coaches, but I was kind of focused on Coach Vivian a little bit. He, yeah. he's, when, when I see what's happening with that program now and you were part of the beginning of it, it's a culture. Like when they recruit, it seems like they've built a culture a little oh, bit yeah. of, of what your mom's talking about, but in a different way because it's mm-hmm. his style. Can you talk about that and in, in, in maybe the difference you think he's made on the program? So whenever, I mean, obviously whenever I was recruited, there was a different coach at the time. So I went through a coaching change, which was kind of difficult. And, like, you know, you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know what players are going to stay and so forth. But, um, no, I, I think 
he was the assistant before, so he had kind of already knew our knew our character, knew our personality traits. So I think that I mean that part was kind of helpful that he already knew um, who we were and kind of our style of play. Because I remember whenever he came in and we kind of had you know our preseason meetings of like what you know our expectations for ourselves, the coach's expectations for you. It was like he already kind of knew what I was capable of. So um, I think that that really helped me put a standard on myself like, oh, like he's, you know, he's giving me these three scenarios of like how good I can be individually through the season. And uh, I'm going to prove that I can be that top one that he gave me. So I think that was important. I think he definitely like knew my capabilities and advocated for them those two seasons. Yeah. This is my last question, and we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to get back to it. And this, For me, this is a Title IX thing, and I want to talk about teammates. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that is sometimes overlooked is the amazing friendships that are created through playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is, to me, this is one of the greatest accomplishments of Title IX, you know, that you think about the women who didn't have the opportunity to play sports and maybe create these lifelong friendships, and, like, you, you've talked about these amazing moments that you have. I, I'm just, you know, curious if you could just talk about your teammates the relationships, what you still have today, why those are so important, why the role sports plays in creating these friendships. And again, whoever wants to start first, then we'll let the other one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there were, I graduated with five seniors, and I would say keep in touch with like almost all of them. Um, All of my roommates, my junior and senior year were all on the team or part of the team in some way. Um, I was a bridesmaid in one of their weddings two years ago, I want to say. And then um, I'm actually going to another one's wedding coming up next month. Um, And then another one is, you know, I followed her. She's coaching now, college basketball. Um, But, yeah, I would say that it's just kind of funny and cool to see how your relationship develops out of college from when you were in college to it just becoming, you know, like a student slash friend teammate role and then transitioning to just a a friend role, really. So I I think it's cool to see how it comes full circle, and I definitely keep in touch with a lot of them still. I probably think, well, I think that, again, kind of like the different errors – Um, you know, um, I mean, we obviously practiced, played hard, had things that we had to do, but it wasn't as time consuming as what it is now for current athletes. Um, it's, it's a lot more like involved with, you know, it's like you get this, 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 this to do, you know, and, um, we had, I would say a little bit more free time than what the athletes do now and therefore our pool of friends was larger than just 
the athletes that we played with. And again, I think some of that attributes to the fact that we had more time to build those relationships as well. Uh, and, you know, like we had um, Marla Milhone help Coach Lazoric was like her secretary. She didn't play basketball, but she she was like, she's like part of the team <laughs> still, you know. Uh, Kim Beeson, same thing. She was kind of like the secretary, the runner, and she's part of the team. You know, we had several girls who um, started out playing that maybe didn't continue to play, but were still part of that group. You know, there's a there's a group of them that go to Jan Dills, um, her house in Hilton Head, you know. So Jan didn't play basketball. So there again, I think, like, for, for me personally, it, yes, that was a very close-knit group, but it was also a little bit larger than what maybe they have today because of the time that they have. You know, their time is so consumed with each other. So, well, thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast, and thank you to Kathy and Brooke for sharing their Title IX story with us. If you're interested in supporting women's athletics at Marietta College, you are encouraged to make a gift at www.marietta.edu.